Verse 6. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. I would, I would guess so. <laughs> After that traveling, right? <laughs> if you ever want to get that baby to be born, just take a 90-mile journey on a donkey. <laughs> and she gave birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Didn't it seem like there should be more than two verses on the birth of the Savior? It's just, there it is, it's done. <laughs> but there's a lot there. A couple of things. Number one, we talked about this culture, this highly morally expectant culture that would have thought very poorly of Joseph and Mary being pregnant was also a high-respect culture. A high-respect culture. There was a reason, besides no more room in the inn, that there was no more room in the inn. It wasn't just people. Okay, the rooms may very well have been full, but but if a wealthy Joseph had showed up, and a non-pregnant Mary had been with him, and Mary and Joseph both being from the house and lineage of David, if anyone cared, if those people had showed up at the inn, in that culture, someone else would have very likely found themselves sleeping in the barn that night. And it wouldn't have been Mary and Joseph. Does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying there? But there is no money. So why do we know Mary and Joseph are poor? Probably that right there. That'd be enough to tell us. How do we know people thought poorly of the fact that she was pregnant? Just, it's common sense from the culture, but there's another example right there. And who is Joseph? Matthew tells us who Joseph is. Had the kingdom never died, who would be king that day? Joseph. This should have been King Joseph. Nobody cared. Nobody knew. You don't put a king out in the barn. But they sure did, didn't they? Uh, The fact that they ended up in the inn when she was ready even to give birth shows us how people perceived them. And so they were relegated to the inn. They were relegated to the inn. Now, secondly, Bethlehem, as you probably know, had a history of shepherding. Remember shepherd boy David? That was the thing. And much of the shepherding industry or the farming there of the sheep fed into the nearby city of Jerusalem. There were a lot of people there. The temple was there. A lot of those sheep were uh, shepherded, farmed to produce for Jerusalem. That was the nearest big city. So, of course, then when a lamb was born under the cover of a barn late in the night, and if it was found to be spotless and without blemish, the shepherds would understandably take extra precaution. They would take special care to make sure that the lamb stayed that way. And it was especially valuable since it could be used for sacrifice. Are you with me yet? Okay, so... Whenever a lamb suitable for sacrifice was born, guess what those shepherds would do? This is awesome. The shepherd would carefully wrap that baby lamb and get him all swaddled up to make sure that he didn't stumble or kick something or do anything that might break any of his bones or that would damage his flesh. Because if that happened, he would no longer be suitable for sacrifice. So that baby lamb would be born, and they'd inspect it and look at it. Oh, this lamb is perfect. This is a spotless lamb without blemish. And they'd take some cloths, and they'd swaddle that baby lamb up. 
And then, you know, they didn't want anybody else, the animals around and stuff. They're stupid, right? Sheep are known to be stupid. They didn't want any of those other animals to step on it or kick it or do anything to it that might injure it. So they had to keep it off the ground and keep it away from the other animals. So what they would normally do is find a feeding trough nearby and pull it over and lay that wrapped spotless baby lamb in a manger so that it was good for sacrifice? Are you still following me? So Jesus is born in a stable where all the sheep are, where other baby lambs may be being born. And he comes out of mommy and they see him and they wrap him in swaddling cloths. And they don't want him to be on the ground because they don't want the other animals to step on him or hurt him or anything like that. And so they, they find a feeding trough close by. And they pull it over and they lay this little baby swaddled up in a manger. Wouldn't it be cool if there were some shepherds close by that could see this and go, oh! And guess what? There are. <laughs> Verse 8. Verse 8. In the same region... There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now, it's really no surprise that there were shepherds nearby, of course. The the fact that the glory of the Lord, though, would shine on these shepherds, and of all people, that would have been a surprise. Shepherds at that time had a reputation, and it was not a good reputation. It was not good. They were notorious for being untrustworthy thieves. And under the cover of darkness at night, these third shift shepherds would be assumed to be stealing the wool, stealing the milk, or even stealing newborn baby lambs. These shepherds worked for somebody who owned the sheep. And so if they could, under the cover of darkness, make some extra money on the side, then great. And they were notorious for doing these kinds of things. So imagine these shepherds in the dark, up to no good, and then suddenly, suddenly, all of a sudden there's light all around, instantaneously, and an angel is right there, looking right at them. Now, if you're home and it's dark and somebody turns the light on, the light comes on instantaneously. If you're in the middle of the night outside and the light shines all around you instantaneously, big event, unexpected, and then an angel is there looking at you. And what if you were up to no good at the time? Would you be, I don't know, filled with great fear? (laughs) That's a bad feeling, isn't it? They were filled with this great fear. Now, nobody in here today is Jesus, correct? So, think back, thank you. So think back to a time when you were up to no good, and your authority, whether it be a mom or a dad or a teacher or somebody like that, walks by you or into your room when you least expected it. Remember that feeling? Okay, now amplify that times infinity or so. That may have been about where they were. This was the glory of the Lord and one of the Lord's angels. It made sense for them to be filled with fear. But that's not what this angel came to do. He was bringing them good 
news. He brought them good news. And this is good news for all of us, isn't it? It's good that this angel came to these shepherds and brought good news. That makes it good news for us because wouldn't we be busted? Those shepherds felt like they were busted. But so would we. So would we. This angel came and said, I bring to you good news. Verse 10. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. They were busted, they were filled with fear, and the angel says, Fear not. Good news, which brings great joy. And for whom? That's for all people. And he says, unto you. The Christ was born today for you. A Savior was born this day. And whose Savior was it? Them. The angel says, your Savior was born this day. And the angel here, listen, did not ignore the sin of the shepherds. He didn't say, you guys are so wonderful that God wanted to send you a special present today. They needed a Savior. What does that acknowledge? Sin. The angel didn't come down and say, ah, gotcha. He said, don't fear, I bring you good news. You have a Savior. That's the message of the angel. And he says, go see him. Verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Here the shepherds get a heads up on the imagery of the sacrificial lamb. Until they find just the one that has a baby boy wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And they find him. They find him. And Jesus, by the way, was not glowing When they got there, he was not holding his hand up like this to bless the people, like in all the paintings that you see. Okay, Mary did not have a gold ring hovering above her head, and the three kings were not even there yet, right? (laughs) That's not what it was like. We know that. But when those shepherds got there, what did they find? A barn, and sheep, and a... Seemingly a dad and a young mom and this little baby boy. And whoever else was gathered around by then, this is what they found. Now, when babies are born today, as we think about this next part of this passage, when babies are born today, how do people spread the news? They might use Facebook or something like that, some sort of uh, social media. And everybody likes it and loves it and has the wow face and all that stuff right now on Facebook. This is how people do this. Uh, Maybe they would have texted people and said, Hey, the baby's born. Mama's okay. Or or maybe in the past, more recently than way back past, but send a card out with pictures in it and let everybody know. You know, you can't do that the same day. When all of our instant gratification, we've got to put it on the social media right now, right? But we would do those kinds of things to announce the news of our babies being born. Now back then, friends or family would go down the street... Okay, not having any of those means that we have today, they would go down the street and they would shout out and tell all the neighbors. They'd go down and say something like, Mary has born Joseph's firstborn son. 
and his name is Jesus. They would say something like that. Now, we know this is not Joseph's firstborn son, right? But we're pretending. They would go down the street and proclaim those things. They would herald the good news. Now, the wealthy in this time, those that had some extra spending money, they might even hire a group of people to go around town and spread the news with some pizzazz. Make a big deal out of it. Again, confirmation here, Joseph and Mary are alone. And they had no money. There was no one there to herald the news. But this wasn't Joseph's baby boy. God had a herald ready. Ready to proclaim the news of the birth of his son. Verse 13. And suddenly, lots of sudden surprises on this night. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Hark the herald angels sing. It doesn't say they were singing, but we'll, we'll let it slide. Okay? Uh, this saying, glory to God in the highest. Uh, rejoice with the father of this baby. And then on earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. Some of the manuscripts say, peace, goodwill among men. And either way, either reading would rightly be interpreted to mean this baby boy is going to bring peace between God and a people. And we know from the rest of the scripture what that means, right? Who has received God's good will? Who has been made to be at peace with him after being born in sin and at enmity with him? We know the answer to that is those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Those who have believed. Those who have been recipients of God's good pleasure in salvation. Now, verse 15, when the angels went away from them into heaven, when the angels went away, now those shepherds weren't going anywhere as long as those angels were there, yes? It says, the shepherds said to one another, let us go. They're ready to go. Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They believed. This statement is an expression of their faith in the message they had just received. And the result of their faith, they went. It was action, obedience. It says, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that they had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it, all those that had gathered around the manger, around the stable, they wondered at what the shepherds told them. They were amazed. They were marveling. This word that carries the idea of a mixture of astonishment and pondering. And it says in verse 19, But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them, where? In her heart, in the inner man internally processing all this stuff. This always amazes me. And the cultures are different today, but what would a normal 15, 16-year-old girl do in this instance? If we're being stereotypical and just having a little fun here, okay, sorry girls. What would happen when something like this happened? They would rush to their phone probably, right? Something big, major event. 
going on Instagram or Snapchat or something like that. Uh, the joke on like the Taco Bell commercial, the heart hands, doing the heart hands with Jesus. Hashtag blessed. All those kinds of things. But I've been all over it. And that's not a sin, by the way, okay? That's not wrong. Now, Mary, of course, as well, was not without sin. She acknowledged herself that she needed Jesus to save her, just like everyone else. But she was, by God's grace, a godly young woman, as is evidenced by all of her responses. And after all this experience, and she's probably a little tuckered out, wouldn't you agree? 90 miles pregnant and then having this baby, she was, she was tuckered out. And she hears all this information. Just think about how overwhelmed you would be. She takes all of this in and just treasures these things and ponders them in her heart. In her heart. And verse 20, let's see what the shepherds do. The shepherds returned, and here's their response, glorifying and praising God. Glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The angel promised them, didn't he? Good news of great joy. And great joy is exactly what they now had. God gets the glory. God gets the praise. And we get the joy. This is the transaction as it occurs. So, after 400 years, after 400 years of silence, Israel has her Messiah. He's come. The world has its Savior. And Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. He is our sacrificial lamb. He did not come to condemn the world, but that through him, through his sacrifice, we could be saved. God the Son took on flesh and was born of this teenage girl. Think about the God of the universe. Colossians says that he spoke the world into us, that he holds everything together. And this God, this all-powerful God, is conceived inside of the womb of his own created young woman. It goes through the process of growing and developing physically in the womb and being born, being taken to a barn to be born, right? The God of the universe was born in a barn. (laughs) When I say that to him, he said, yes, yes, I was. And laid in a manger like an animal, but like a sacrificial lamb. And he grew up in this home with this young mother, this human father, a stepfather, if you will, with other half-brothers and half-sisters. And as a baby, his mother feeds him. She bathes him. She changes him. He had to learn to do everything that you and I had to learn to do when we were growing up. This is the God of the universe. You ever think about his brothers and sisters growing up? Who do you think Mary's favorite was? Ness. <laughs> you shouldn't say that. Because nobody's the favorite, right, moms? 
who did she know didn't do it? (laughs) When she comes home and the home's a mess, who did this? And if they all point to Jesus, she's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) This is the God of the universe growing up in a house like this, in a home like this, not in the palace, in a little, little home of probably some poor people, a carpenter. And what trade did he learn? Carpentry. And he didn't build houses. Most likely in that, in that day and age, the job that he would have had was building like furniture, small furniture and things like that. And, you know, splinters, hitting his finger with a hammer, those kinds of, the God of the universe did all of those things, grew up in that way, worked hard in those ways. And through all of that, through all of those interactions, through all of those um, trials, through the days that he was exhausted, tired because he's a physical man, God is Jesus Christ, fully man, in all of that, Never sinned. Why? Because he's God. And what would that lead to? That little baby who was wrapped in swaddling cloths, like a pure, spotless, without blemish baby lamb, got out of those swaddling cloths and got out of that manger and grew up and lived in the same world that you and I live in and struggled with all the same physical problems that you and I would struggle with tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. And he is able then to go to the cross as our spotless lamb, as our perfect sacrifice. The just dying for the unjust. So Christians, rejoice. Rejoice in this time, but all the time. Glorify and praise God for all he has done. Let's go, church. Herald the birth of the Son of God. God the Son, as we leave here today. And if you are here right now, and if you right now feel like those shepherds, like the lights just got turned on all around you, and your sinfulness has been exposed, and is heavy on your heart and on your mind, I bring you good news of great joy. There was born that day a Savior who is Jesus Christ the Lord. The question is this, is He your Savior? Is He your Lord? The shepherds left the stable that day rejoicing and praising God. Will you leave this church house today doing the same? Please repent. Turn to Christ. Follow him with your whole heart. Receive Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior. You can do it now. If you're here today and you've not heard that before, you've not put your faith in Christ before, you can do it now. Today. Here. If you have questions, I would be happy to meet with you and answer any question that you might have. And there are all kinds of people all around you who would love to do the same. Ask questions. That's not illegal here. Please do not walk away from this. Please do not reject the offer today of salvation. Leave here today, like those shepherds, rejoicing and praising God because He has given you salvation 
forgiveness and eternal life entirely through his son, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful. The truth is, none of us are unlike those shepherds. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we are all like sheep having gone astray. Every one of us has turned to our own way. God, thank you for the gift of your grace to to bring about the birth and the life, the sinless life and the death of your Son, that he would on the cross bear the weight and the guilt of all of our sin, the judgment that we deserve, and that God, as we would repent and put our faith and trust in his finished work and call on him as our Lord and Savior, you would even give us his righteousness and call us your children and give us eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. God, those of us today here who have known you for a long time or just for a short time, God, help us to never take that for granted and to remember who we are and who you are and what you've done for us. And may we, in this time of year, with this being on the tip of everybody's tongue and in the front of their minds, herald the truth of the gospel because we can't get enough of it ourselves and the joy that it brings. And God, I do pray, Lord, if there is a lost soul here today who would be fearful of you turning the lights on in their heart, Lord, they would let you do it and invite you to to desire to receive the gift of salvation that you would give put all of their faith and all of their trust and all of their hope in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Lord, we ask that you'd work that way even today for your glory. And Lord, we acknowledge that you get the glory. Thank you, Lord, that we get the joy. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.